Welcome to Positively Leading, the podcast that's all about helping you grow your resilience, leadership and influence. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Howling, and each week we will be diving into a variety of topics related to leadership, communication and personal growth. From feedback and accountability to diversity and inclusion, we'll explore the skills and strategies that you need to become a more effective leader. So whether you are looking to improve your communication skills, build strong relationships with your team, or simply become more confident in your role, join me on this journey of growth and discovery, and let's get positively leading. Well, hello there, and welcome to this episode of Positively Leading. Now, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere like I am, you'll be heading into the summer months and the summer holidays. Mind you, having said that, here in the UK, it feels like we've had our two weeks of summer already. It is cold and grey and wet and miserable as I'm recording this episode. And I've not long returned from my summer holiday, which was 11 glorious days in Crete. And it's reflections of this holiday, both before and during and actually after as well, together with the last couple of episodes about boundaries that have prompted this episode, which is all about how you can actually take the holiday you need as a leader. Let me ask you a couple of questions. When you're on holiday, do you find yourself struggling to switch off from work and be truly out of office? Or maybe you come back and you feel like you need another holiday almost straight away. I know that in Many, many, many years I have answered yes to both of those questions. And if you're nodding your head yes to either of them, then this episode is for you because I'm going to be talking about why taking a break is so important, what the benefits are to you, not just in terms of health and well-being, but also to your leadership, and five strategies to help you to go on holiday and come back feeling rested, restored and revitalized. So let's start with thinking about why taking a break is so important. Leadership has always been quite a successful job, but over the last few years, a combination of factors have really led to leaders across so many sectors being put under huge amounts of pressure. And as a result of that, we've seen an increase in anxiety and in depression and burnout as well. Now, global data from Deloitte that was collected at the end of 2022 indicates that 41% of senior leaders are stressed and 36% are exhausted. And in fact, almost three quarters of senior leaders say that burnout is affecting their ability to make decisions. And they're actually thinking about quitting, quitting leadership because of their well-being. And for my many listeners in educational leadership, these figures are even higher with the latest Teacher Wellbeing Index reporting 84% of senior leaders describing themselves as stressed. Now, with so many uncertainties at the moment, whether that's economy, political instability, the job market, staff shortages, there are so many pressures and these pressures look set to continue. And as leaders, right, we've got this tendency to always be on, always switched on. And I speak from personal experience too. I've struggled with workaholism. I have worked through my weekends. I've taken uh, work on holiday with me. And yes, I did this to a certain extent in Crete this year too. But I think there are so many dangers of the always on mentality. Long hours each day, working weekends and no time for holidays. 
may traditionally have been seen like this badge of honour in so many cultures. And I know it's rampant in many international schools where I was leading. But in reality, you'll end up losing far more than you ever hope to gain, both at home and at work, by putting in these many hours. Because being constantly hooked into work can lead to a number of really challenging things for us. The first is that it can lower our mental well-being. Now, I mentioned that being a leader is one of the most stressful jobs that you can have. And being exposed to those higher levels of stress for greater periods of time on a consistent basis is a recipe for disaster for mental health. No matter how driven or passionate you are about your work, no one is immune from this. It builds up over time. The second is lower physical well-being. Now, you need your energy to lead. And if you're working too many hours and not taking that time to rest and recover, then your physical well-being is also going to suffer. And being a leader is challenging enough on a good day, let alone when you're sick. And you might not even notice this decline as it can be really slow and insidious. And the impact can be increased stress and not getting enough sleep, which then in turn leads to various health issues. And that might be headaches, skin conditions and a weakened immune system. And it can even run to things like cardiovascular disease and gastrointestinal problems as well. So this kind of stress, this overwork can lead to really negative impact on physical well-being. And it also leads to decreased productivity. Now, we might think that working as hard as we can and all the hours of the day and around the clock will lead to higher levels of productivity and success, but actually the opposite is often true. And according to a recent study by Stanford University, when we work for more than 50 hours a week, our productivity per hour declines sharply. And if we exceed 55 hours, then our productivity drops so much that working any further hours would actually be pointless. And I wish I'd known this when I was earning my my badge of honour with many weeks well over that. And it's not only our productivity that drops. Prolonged exposure to stress can also negatively impact our decision-making abilities, creativity and the problem-solving skills as well. And all of these are kind of necessary in the day-to-day life of a leader. Now, I've mentioned in previous episodes that I believe the most important skill in leadership is building and preserving our own energy to lead. And actually in episode two, I share a range of strategies that boost resilience and well-being on a day-to-day basis. And these are all tiny tweaks for maximum impact. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I encourage you to do so. But not only do we need to be thinking about these day-to-day strategies, we also need to think about our holidays. They are not just about fun and leisure. They are absolutely crucial to well-being and to our success as well. Because research has shown that holidays play a key role in reducing burnout, boosting energy and engagement and improving your overall health and well-being. But just packing your bag and walking out the door isn't enough. We've got to find that way to disconnect from work, to fully disconnect, to recharge and enjoy all the fabulous benefits that holidays can bring. But before I share some strategies that will help you to do just that, I want to highlight some of the benefits of disconnecting properly. The first is we get to recharge and rejuvenate completely. So switching off from work allows us to replenish our energy reserves. And this in turn 
can help our overall well-being and prevent burnout. And a study from New Zealand showed that people can actually sleep on average one hour more per night when they get back from their holiday. I mean, that's huge, right? Because sleep is fundamental to our well-being and our performance. So not only does the holiday itself help, but actually when you get back as well. Now, the second is that uh, that you know recharging fully can help you to gain fresh perspectives. So in that way, holidays have a really big impact on creativity and engagement. And when we take time off, we allow our brain to break free from routine and we get to experience you know, new environments and new experiences. And this change of scenery can stimulate our brains, fostering those fresh perspectives and those new ideas. And then closely linked to that, holidays can help us to really boost brain power. So our brains have got two modes, focused and diffuse. And when we're doing creative work or learning something new or working on our really important tasks, you know, we are in the focused mode, which relies on our prefrontal cortex. But we also learn and we also need the diffuse mode. And this is rooted in different parts of our brain region. And this is what we need to be able to solve really difficult problems and function at our best. Now, short breaks and holidays are essential to this. Essential for popping is in that diffuse mode, which then help us to achieve those highest levels of performance. And then a final thing, which we might not necessarily think about, but holidays will help us to boost and develop our team members by developing and empowering them. So by fully disconnecting, we can encourage team members to step up. This then reinforces our trust in, you know, in our team's capabilities. It can help them to grow and develop within the organization and your team. And you can ask your team members how they would like to develop and also be intentional about assigning those tasks and responsibilities, which then can expand their capabilities within your team. So while you're on holiday, they're at work learning and growing and building their skills. And at the same time, fostering trust. Okay, let's move into uh, the core bit, which you've probably been waiting for, which is diving into some strategies that will help you to, to put some strong boundaries around work and holiday and your time and really enable you to take time off, to unplug and to truly, you know, reap all of those benefits from your holiday. Now, firstly, to help your brain switch from work mode and into holiday mode, planning is crucial. So in the days leading up to your, to your holiday, write yourself lots of notes that detail where you're up to in your work. Write it all down so you've got a clear record of the work that you've done and then communicate this clearly with your team so everyone's on the same page. Then look at your priorities and targets and create a plan for when you come back to work. So sitting back down at your desk and logging back in on your first day back can feel like you're being thrown in at the deep end, especially if you've been away for a few weeks. And there's often that sense of dread, right, in those last few days of a holiday when you're not quite sure what you're going to return to or how many emails are going to be waiting in your inbox or thinking about the work that might have piled up. Well, creating this plan can really help with this. And it means that you it won't be as difficult to get stuck in to re-familiarize yourself with what you're working on so that you can even better tackle your workload for the rest of the week. And this can help you to ease back into the swing of things without the stress of having to race against the clock. And this was something that I discovered worked super well for me when I was doing my doctoral work. 
I completed my doctorate when I was working full time as a leader and I had to be so intentional about my time. And when I had these blocks of times to write, the last 10 to 15 minutes of every work session, I would create notes of what I'd accomplished and then also create a plan for the next session. And this meant that I didn't waste a lot of time rereading things and trying to figure out where I was and what I was supposed to be doing. And I've carried this organized thinking with me through to today. And it actually helped me a lot when I returned from Crete last week because I had a strong plan for my first day back. I'm not saying it was easy. <laughs> I just had 11 blissful days away and it was not the easiest thing to come back to my desk. But the plan that I'd left for myself meant that I was really clear in what I was doing. And it also meant that I was able to still enjoy those last few days of holiday as well. Now, the second strategy is about managing expectations. So this sits around clearly communicating your availability or lack of it, preferably, and how this can set expectations. So use this opportunity to set and reinforce your boundaries for your time off. And it might involve, you know, setting up away messages before you leave. I know it sounds like such a small thing, but when I started to do this years ago, it was an absolute game changer for me. So create that auto response message for your email with details about when you'll be responding. And you could take it a step further than usual. So for example, if your message states that you'll be slow to respond during this time because you're on holiday, people will still expect a response. So try clearly stating your absence date and that you will not be reachable until you return. And you can always include information for relevant team members who can handle specific inquiries on your behalf while you're away. And that can really help you to de-stress and to deep unplug, I think you can de-plug, unplug completely um, while you are away. Now, the third strategy is to plan a holiday that's good for you. And this means making sure that you're creating a break that works for you. And it's not uncommon if your holiday is with others to make compromises. So get really clear on what you want. You know, what do you love doing? What do you need to rest and rejuvenate? As leaders, we are so often thinking about other people and putting other people first. So tune in, get really clued up on what you need and then communicate and negotiate that with others to make sure you get your needs met. So really tune in to what your body, your mind and your soul need from a holiday. Now, you may love action holidays and you might plan something that's really super high octane, but that's not necessarily going to do too much for your nervous system. So Try and build a not only the things that you love doing, but also some of the things that can really help to restore. Now, I know for me that what I need on holiday is to be by water, a pool or the sea, either will do, (laughs) and taking a pile of fiction books, usually crime, and blue skies and sunshine. And ideally, if I'm just going to have the perfect holiday, a cooling breeze. This is why Bali is my happy place. And I lived in Asia for 12 years. It was my annual pilgrimage there. Now, back in the UK, it's a little bit harder. It's a bit of a longer journey now, Um, though I did go to Bali last summer for the first holiday since the pandemic. But I went to Crete this year and created a, a a new kind of holiday. But those elements were still there because I know I know what I need. I spend the mornings in the sun and the water and then the afternoon in the shade, reading, meditating and decompressing in a different way. And there might be a couple of day trips and massages thrown in as well. Now, that might be some people's idea of hell, but it works for me. But the key thing here is really tuning in to what do you need 
and then planning a holiday that is good for you. Now, the fourth strategy is about ditching the tech. (laughs) Now, technology is such an integral part of our personal and professional lives, but it can easily, particularly after the pandemic, blur the lines between the two. And it might be really tempting to bring your devices on holiday with you in order to stay connected, both personally and also for work. But think twice about it, because even with the best intentions, having our phones or our laptops nearby can make us feel like we're still in work mode. And that temptation to check messages might be too much. Having a quick peek might seem harmless enough, but it is really a slippery slope. And before you know it, you are doing more. Now, before I went to Crete this year, I planned and scheduled some social media posts for my business so I didn't have to think about using the tech. But I did take my laptop to Crete with me because there was some really, you know, some, I guess, a creative passion project that I was working on and that I wanted to do. But I did set really clear boundaries around when and how I would be using it. Now, check out episode seven, I think it is, last week's, where I share the power of proactive boundary setting and creating rules to live by. Now, this might be really helpful for you if you must take a device with you, but actually you wanna be creating those rules about how you use that, and then those boundaries around that can really help you. So leave devices behind, turn off work-related notifications, log out of work-related apps or business social media accounts. You know, if you're using a communication channel like Slack or Zoom chat or Microsoft Teams, It's worth doing the same in your status there too. And you can even set your smartphone to do not disturb or put it on airplane mode. And you can perhaps create a custom text response as well. These are all things that you can do, those proactive boundary settings to help you. And that then means you can be really present, connecting with loved ones, giving your full attention to the experiences and the activities that your holiday has to offer. Now, I said that I love to read um, fiction on holiday, but I did actually read one non-fiction book this year. And this is actually unheard for me as well, because I've got a range of normally three to four non-fiction books on the go. But it's actually really relevant for this point about ditching the tech, because the book is called Digital Minimalism, and it's by Cal Newport. And I'll pop a link in the show notes um, for this as well. And to say that my eyes have been opened is, is an understatement. I'm not going to do a spoiler for the book. If you are interested in this sort of thing, it's amazing. It really is. And as I was reading it, I deleted lots of my apps. I sorted my home screen on my phone. So it's all Zen-like now. I turned off notifications of all kinds, not just work. And I now ring fence the time that I'm on social media. And I'm still noticing the addictive habit of reaching for my phone to check stuff. That's a real work in progress. And I'm planning a digital declutter too. Now, that's a little bit more from you know decompressing and deconnecting as a leader. But actually, we are so addicted to our mobile phones, or well, at least I am, I know many of us are, that deconnection or disconnection even <laughs> is really important. Okay, back on the focus for today's episode. The fifth and the final strategy for disconnecting and really recharging built in the idea of being present. Now, this is about experiencing the moment, really savoring it. Now, you might want to try a short meditation practice if that's your thing. And if it's not your thing, then why not give it a try? (laughs) There are many, many different ways of meditating or being present that don't involve bending yourself into a pretzel or chanting. (laughs) It might be, for example, a walk in nature 
It might be a stroll on the beach. It might be really feeling the sand between your toes or experiencing the awe and wonder of the sunrise or sunset or mountains or trees and reconnecting with nature. From a positive psychology perspective, the power of meditation, of savouring the present and the experience, of experiencing awe and wonder, all of these are superpowers to nourish and sustain our mental, emotional, spiritual and physical health. So those are the five strategies. The first then, I think that planning is crucial. The second is managing expectations. The third is planning a holiday that's good for you and really tuning into what you need. The fourth is ditching the tech. And the fifth is practicing being present. So possible next steps. Consider what has resonated with you from today's episode. What might your ideal holiday look like? And which strategies might help you to plan your holiday so you can truly unplug and nourish your mind, your body and your spirit. I hope you have a wonderful week, whether you're at work, at home or on holiday. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Positively Leading. I hope you found it helpful in your journey to becoming a better leader. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback not only helps me grow, but also helps others discover the podcast and join our community of positive leaders. And if you'd like to work with me, you can head over to sarahowling.com to find out how. Thanks once again for listening. And remember, the world needs more brilliant leaders just like you. So keep on positively leading.